listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what to do if something in your wheelhouse is a spoiler. You Do you understand what that means? If something in your wheelhouse is a spoiler, so it's hard to find it. We're going to talk about that. We're discussing how many times you're allowed to renew a book at the library without feeling like a jerk and recommending sci-fi audiobooks. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to a fantasy audiobook, actually. I am listening to a book for my book club. I'm listening to Fairy Tale by Stephen King. That came out oh. last year. Did you read this? Oh, that's... No, but that's a big audiobook. Yeah, it's like 20 hours. I actually really like listening to Stephen King because I, I love his writing, but it meanders quite a bit, you know? It takes a while to get to mm-hmm. the thing because it's a fucking 20-hour audiobook. So, um, you know, I can, like, be walking and I'd be like, oh, what is happening? Oh, yeah, I know what's happening. I think it's, like, the perfect audiobook to listen to. Jeremy um, and I always have this joke because my boyfriend listens to a lot of Stephen King audiobooks. And if I walk into the room, I can tell within one minute if it's Stephen King audio. Why? Like, I know it's Stephen King because I'm like, oh, some, this is like a deep dive into some working class person's yep. inner thoughts. Someone's putting something in the back pocket of their denim jeans. Yeah. I know that this is a Stephen King book. <laughs> it is. It is. And I was just telling Mallory, I just looked it up, and um, it's read by Seth Numrich, who won the 2023 Audie Award for Best Male Narrator. Mallory, why are we not doing an episode on the Audie Awards? That's such a cute name. Let's do an episode on the Audie Awards. A-U-D-I-E. Audie. Audie. Anyway, okay, so this came out last year. It was on a lot of book lists. Um, it is about a kid. He goes to school. He's, like, kind of... I'm not too far into this, by the way. Um, He's, like, not... You know, n- nothing that spectacular is happening at school, but then he um, runs across this guy who is kind of a recluse, and he finds him, he's, like, fallen, and he helps him. And then while that guy's in the hospital, he meets the guy's dog, whose name is Radar. And, um, oh, there's a big spoiler that I wasn't too yet in the description that I'm looking Oof. at. Anyway, and there's some weird stuff going on in this house. And some other thing, a lot of things happen. And I guess it's going to become fantasy. But right now, it is just this young boy helping out this old grumpy man. And that's the story that I know. And there's a cute oh dog God. involved. An old, an old, old dog, which I love, of course. Oh, wow. This is hot, hot Bria wheelhouse stuff. Yeah, but I think there's like some portal fantasy stuff that is happening. Uh, what, what about you, Mallory? What are you reading? I'm also listening to an audiobook, but this is a nonfiction book. It's called, Is It Hot in Here or Am I Suffering for All Eternity for the Sins I Committed on Earth? <laughs> uh, it is written and read by Zach Zimmerman, and it is a sort of like memoir in essays about uh, just his life as a gay man who came from the Bible Belt and now lives in New York City and is trying to navigate queer metropolitan life. While I was like, the first essay is about him going back uh, home for Thanksgiving and like trying not to fight with his family and like trying to get his mom to eat a salad and she like t- tells him that she will not allow a salad on her Thanksgiving table and them fighting over it's just like it's a, it's very funny and you know we all love an audiobook that's read by the author and it's very short it's like three and a half hours long oh it's the opposite of the kind of audiobook I'm listening to yes so if you were like going on a drive somewhere if you need like a quick audiobook for a weekend this is really good it's very very funny and uh, it, it's just a really enjoyable book to listen to. Be a good beach read, I think, as well. Um, so that's, is it haunting here or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on earth by Zach Zimmerman? And Minus Fairy Tale by Stephen King, read by Seth Nummerch. 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got so much grad school reading feedback. Oh. Uh, Stan- so much. Not shocking. Sammy wrote in to say, Hi, Mallory and Bria. I wanted to respond to the listener in episode 301 who was nervous that grad school would ruin their reading life. I'm here to tell them that that won't necessarily happen. Uh, I am currently in the last semester of graduate school, also in library and information science, just like that listener. Mm. While I do have a lot less time for reading than I otherwise would, I've adopted some strategies that help me read better, all thanks to Reading Glasses tips. Here's a couple that I think are library school relevant. One, audiobooks. Read when you're walking to class, shelving books at your part-time job, or on the bus. Two, dedicated reading time. I read at least 15 minutes before bed, and it really helps to have that time to switch off my school reading and over to my fun reading. And three, be selective about what you read. You only have a limited amount of time to read, so make sure you're reading what you really want to. Dump books. As a library science student, you'll be learning all the best ways to utilize the library, so do that to get the books that you really want. I understand why this listener is nervous, but even as a grad student, you're still a person who has a life outside of school. If you want reading to be part of that life, you can make it happen. I love that. Yeah, I think this is great and really good advice. Audiobooks, 15 minutes of reading time. You get a lot done... 15 minutes of reading time. I mean, average books takes like, that means you're reading a book like every like, I don't know how many days because I can't do that math right now. Uh, for, <laughs> for 12, you're reading like two books a month and that's amazing. If you if were reading the book that I'm reading right now, you'd read a book every couple of days. Wow. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think that is fantastic advice. Uh, Nicolene wrote in and said, Dear Brian Mallory, first, thanks so much for your amazing work on Reading Glasses podcast and for all your work in the creative world. I wanted to add another vantage point to the grad school reading topic. In grad school, my reading for pleasure actually accelerated mainly out of procrastination. While I had literally thousands of pages to read in my area of study, which is music and music history mainly, while still getting work done, eventually I successfully avoided reality while reading tons, especially vampire series. Uh, namely, uh, Suki Stackhouse, all the Anne Rice vampire novels, Mayfair Witches also, and yes, Twilight too. I would mainly read at night, before bed, and sometimes just couldn't stop. I wouldn't necessarily recommend this tactic, but just another side on that grad school reading coin. Maybe others can relate. And Nicolene's Wheelhouse is vampires and witches, of course, birth to death, sprawling stories, a person on a journey, women getting shit done, detailed descriptions of food, libraries, art, classical music, and I love a good series I can get invested in. Love that. Stephanie wrote in to say, Hi, Mallory and Bria. Love the show. In one of your recent episodes, a glasser asked about reading more as a graduate student. As someone who's finished my master's degree, congratulations, and is working on my doctorate, I have some tips. Of course, none of this is to say that the glasser has to read, but for me, it is part of my self-care, which through grad school is important. I found that children's books are a great way Mm. to get more reading in, especially in middle grade, because there are some great stories with depth, but they're written to be read by like 12-year-olds, so it takes less brain power to just read. Mm. I've also found that giving myself some accountability for my reading, again, this is for self-care, not just so I can be reading a lot. I do this in an online book club where I feel accountable to others to take time to read as well as through the streak function on StoryGraph, because as my streak of reading a page a day gets higher i want more and more to continue it hope this is helpful my wheelhouse is sci-fi and fantasy from black and indigenous lenses books that explore race culture and surviving and thriving in oppressive systems regional literature books that you understand more on a second read grumpy characters with a heart of gold (laughs) authentically nerdy characters like DD players and grad students and dragons in all caps Love it. That's a, honestly, that's great. Just ha- I, I kind of love the just a page a day thing because mm-hmm. it's so low pressure. Also, overall, congratulations to all these people who went to grad school. Good for you. Yeah, seriously. Congratulations. Yeah. You did it. That is hard. 
Most people have not done that. I hope you are happy with what you've done. We're impressed. Yes. Uh, and quick bookmark that we want to remind people. So we did get, we unlocked the Sopapillas. Yes. You might have heard a couple episodes ago, we tried to order Sopapillas. Unsuccessfully. And, uh, unsuccessfully. They came as just a box full of wet chips, chips covered in chocolate sauce. But then Bria ordered new Sopapillas. And there is a video of me eating one yes. on Instagram. So if it's you go, there. I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go over to Reading Glasses Podcast on Instagram, there is a video of me trying my very first sopapilla. There's a lot of very interesting opinions about said sopapilla in the comment section, but we want to thank you all for getting us to 1,500 reviews on Apple Podcasts. Our next goal is to get to 2,000. Uh, we really would love to do that. So if you want to take some time, it'll take 30 seconds if you do it in the mobile app on Apple Podcasts. We will do something even bigger even wilder. I don't know if it will be more delicious, but uh, it'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, if you want to see my very first Sopapia experience, go over to our Instagram and check that out. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about spoilery wheelhouses, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you today by Microdose Gummies. Y'all have heard us talk about microdosing on the show before. If not, just know that all sorts of people are doing it. People you know, people you love, people you respect. They want to do it so they can feel healthier and perform better. And Microdose Gummies deliver just that for you. They can do that. They deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Not too little, not too much. The um, three bears level of good. These gummies can do all sorts of stuff for you. For example, maybe you have anxiety and they can help you out with that. There's some people who don't want weed, but they can do THC and it's really helped them. You can do half a dose and it's perfect to help you relax. It helps your anxiety, helps you get off that hamster wheel. So instead of like spinning in place, it helps you to get through the day's stresses without feeling lazy or hazy. I just think it's a really great product. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com slash GLASSES. GLASSES. You there. Have you considered listening to the Beef and Dairy Network, an award-winning comedy show in the form of a newsletter podcast for the beef and dairy industries? Well, maybe you should. And why don't you try our most recent episode, episode 99, which features American man Paul F. Tompkins playing Queen Elizabeth II's former personal beef sommelier. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and I laying on the floor of her bedroom, uh, just l helplessly laughing till tears run down our faces as corgis are jumping on us, over us, licking us, that is a day that I will treasure forever until I am executed. Find the show at MaximumFun.org. I hope there's beef in heaven. This week, we're talking about what to do when something in your wheelhouse is a spoiler, but you do not want it spoiled. How do you find these books without getting the plot ruined for you? And is this even possible? 
So Kate wrote in and inspired this episode with her question, I love a creepy ghosty thriller story with a twist, especially if the twist is that the main character is dead and doesn't realize it. But the problem is that I don't want to know the twist ahead of time. Do you have any tips for finding specific plot twist wheelhouse books without getting spoiled? Now. I love this idea of someone recommending a book to Kate and being like, you're going to love it. I can't tell you why. You're going to love it. Don't guess why. Like, Because <laughs> she doesn't want to know. But she wants it in the book. Just like slipping it to her in a paper bag. Just yes. Like, don't look too closely at it. Don't think too I hard promise, about it. I promise it's not going to be what you think, but then it is going to be what she thinks. It's very oh funny. God. So this is definitely a common reader problem, and it's not an easy one to solve. Mm-mm. It's usually an either-or situation. You get what you're looking for, but to do so, you get something spoiled. But Bria, you never have this problem, right? Well, I mean, I think the thing is I wouldn't be bothered if it was spoiled, you know? I mean, there are times where I'm looking for a book where I want something that is a spoiler to most people and I'm not going to be able to find it because it's not going to be on the jacket cover. Um, uh, I feel like we had another person write in about something, this as well, about content warnings, that those are spoilers. Do you remember this conversation? Um, I will say overall, I love when there's a twist, And I love when I guess it right. I love when I see the twist coming. I'm like, I know what that's going to be. And then it's right. And that is the great joy of my life. So (laughs) I do understand this in a way because, like, I don't want anyone to tell me what the twist is. I want to be able to guess it. If it's spoiled, that's okay. I'm not mad about it. But I would love to be able to guess it. So it's it, it it's I understand it as a problem. Um, what about you? Are you having that? Do you ever have this problem, Kate has? Uh, occasionally I, I do have this problem every once in a while. So I really love books that never answer the question on whether or not the occurrences in the book are, are supernatural or not. Um, mm. uh, the old Paul Tremblay special. Yes. Uh, something that I love, but as you know, I absolutely fucking hate spoilers. So I never seek these books out because I don't want to know if that, if it's that kind of book ahead of time. Right, 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 right. Right. So honestly, I take a pretty zen approach to this, uh, which is funny because I'm not zen about anything else in my life. And I just kind of hope a book that I read will fall into my lap and fit into that category and I will be pleasantly surprised. It's like those people who are like, I'm not going to get on the apps to find a date. I'll just hopefully run into somebody in public. Walk right into them as I'm walking down the street. That's the, I take that approach with these kinds of books. But you can take a more proactive approach if you want and we do have some tips on how to do it. So first off, you got to try to figure out if there's a way to word your request in a way that is not a spoiler. For example, Kate could look up supernatural thrillers with a twist, and there we checked. There are plenty of lists of these types of books online that say the book has a twist, and it is a supernatural thriller, but they do not reveal what the twist is. Yes, and booksellers love to tell you there's a twist because there's so many people who love a twist. So you're going to know if there's a twist. They're going to let you know on the cover or in a review or in the description. They want you to know. Oh, that's actually, that's a, another great tip is just like asking a bookseller. Be like, I want a, a ghosty thriller, as Kate said, with a twist, but I don't want to know anything about it. And they'll be like, all right, close your eyes. We're going to hand you a book. Just walk out of the store with it straight back to your house. I want the M. Night Shyamalan of the, of the book world because you know, he always has a nice twist. All right, second, you can figure out which subgenre has these types of books and see mm-hmm. if you can sort of circle this type of book without getting too close to reading anything about it that would spoil it for you. So you probably have to read around this subgenre before you hit on what you're looking for. So Yes. Okay, so 
For example, in the early 2000s, there were a lot of movies called psychological thrillers, and the end of those movies meant the main character was Mm -hmm. either imagining it, was delusional, or had a mental health issue. It was always, like, in their head, basically. It was like, oh, it turns out it was in their head the whole time. And that was what psychological thriller meant at that time. It was like, psychological thriller means it's in their head. Um, It's a twist I actually don't enjoy that much. Just side note, I'm I'm not a huge (laughs) in-their-head person. I think that has changed now. Psychological thriller can mean many things. But at the time... You could be like, if I love a twist that's just it's in someone's head, psychological thriller, you are always going to find that. And you need to find, like, whatever people, whatever the word is for that. You know how yep. people will be like, it's a cozy apartment. That means it's fucking small. You need the fucking <laughs> cozy, small version or the psychological thriller, whatever it is you're looking for that people are using to describe these kind of books right now. Yes, to keep my dating metaphor going, it would yes. be like, all right, well, I'll figure out the neighborhood this kind of people walk around in. Ah, uh, yes. And then you wander around in there wearing your sexiest t-shirt and hope that someone will talk to you. But you just start, like, you figure out what what little niche that this particular book you're looking for is normally in, and you just start reading around in there. Yeah, I agree. So final tip, look around on lists of books that have surprise endings. There are so many of these lists because Mm. so many people love this kind of thing. And they usually contain books of a bunch of different genres without revealing what the surprise is. So figure out which genre your book is in. Look up a book list that has surprise endings and see if any of the books on that list seem like they could be, you know, what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. There's so many. Like, I uh, honestly, I Googled books with surprise endings and it was like, the whole, immediately, the, like, one, a full page of Google results. But it didn't tell you what the endings were? Nope. It just is like, hey, this is what the book is about, and there's a surprise at the end. Like, no spoilers. And a lot of them even say, list of books with surprise endings, but no spoilers. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, if you have a very specific wheelhouse that you want, but you don't want to know that book has a wheelhouse ahead of time, This is tough. This is not an easy ask, but Mm -hmm. maybe these tips will get you in the neighborhood and you're wearing a sexy T-shirt and you find (laughs) the bar that you're looking for. (laughs) Um, And you're probably going to end up reading some books that don't have twists. That's going to be, unfortunately, if you don't want to know, it's going to take you a minute. that's really the thing. Yeah. Also, maybe finding an author that always does twists, finding that M. Night Shyamalan of of the book world. Mm Mm-hmm. But that is really, really helpful. Maybe you'll find some cool books along the way, even if you find some that don't have twists. But overall, we think that these could help. Yes, you're going to have some fun dates along the way. But eventually, if you do all these things, you figure out the wording, you figure out the neighborhood, you know, you figure out uh, sort of where this book w- would live in the book world, you will eventually hit on it. But you might have to, might have to read a few duds. Yeah. But that actually might be fun along the way. Yeah. But you can do it. Really what we're saying is the best you can do is kind of circle it and get as close as you can to it without looking at it directly. And and I, again, I understand. I don't like things spoiled for me. I don't want to read a book if I know what it's about. I don't even like watching movies if I know what it's about. Hmm. I don't even watch trailers. So yeah. I, I, I 100% understand. But I think there's ways to get around it and ways to get close to it. And uh, let us know if you have any other tips. You can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we discuss how many times you should renew a library book. We're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Miracle Made. 
Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? It is true. I wake up hot all the time. It's the worst. Guess what? These sheets were inspired by NASA. That's right. They use silver-infused fabrics, and they make temperatures easy on your body. They're temperature-regulating bedding. Miracle made. It is a miracle. It's a miracle to not wake up hot. The silver in them also prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving your sheets to stay cleaner longer than regular sheets. They're actually fresh three times as long. And look, I know some of y'all crawling in bed in those clothes you wore today. What are you doing? Don't do that. But let's say you did. This is going to stop all the bacteria from growing there. This is going to really help you out. And they're also comfortable. Okay, these sheets are in my bed right now. And I have to tell you, I truly love them. They're very comfortable. I get in bed and I'm like, wow, so comfortable. I am not hot. I get in. It feels like I'm getting into just a, it's like I'm in a spa or something. I love these sheets. I cannot recommend them enough. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash glasses. And if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use the promo glasses at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't satisfied, 100%, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash glasses to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. That's amazing. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Glasses. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Jarrett Hill. And I'm Trayvon Anderson. And we want to know, have you ever had mixed feelings about the things that you love? Ooh, maybe about the things that you hate? Then Fantai is the show for you. Fantai is the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. You might have conflicting feelings about Kamala Harris or mm -hmm. propaganda or mm -hmm. interracial friending. Mm-hmm. That's all right, because we do too. And we get into it every single Thursday. Catch this Slay Worthy audio at MaximumFun.org. That's MaximumFun.org slash Fantai. That's F-A-N-T-I. Come get all this good good. Or this great great. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're solving a book tech problem from Kayla. Kayla says, hi, Brian Mallory. I often finish an episode of Reading Glasses and immediately go on Libby to see which of the books you mentioned are available in audiobook format. Hmm. Then I request anything I can't find on Libby through my local library. I'm waiting for the day one of the librarians pieces together that I'm listening to your show based on my <laughs> holds. Uh, I end up with a healthy little stack of audiobooks and physical books that I can't really consume simultaneously. So I end up renewing a few times before I get through them. Are the librarians judging me? Am I preventing someone else from discovering these books? How many times is too many times to renew a book at the library? Bria, what do you think? First of all, I feel seen. Um, <laughs> this happens to me all the time. I, I have had to put like a personal limit on myself when I check out a book over a certain number of times. I'm like, okay, Bria, you're not going to read this book. You're not going to read it. You've checked this book out like three times. It's been on your list for years. You're never going to read this book. Um, I also always have a healthy stack. 
And they often come in at the same time. Like mm -hmm. I'll get a whole bunch the same day and I'm like, oh no. So feel free to use that button where you can press deliver later and do, I space them out. I'll be like, this one's seven days. This one's 14 days. You yeah, know, I'll I do, do it. the same thing. Yeah. I use that, that one all the time. But also I really try to look at the book and if it shows up and I'm like, okay, I'm not interested at this moment. Maybe I'll put it on my TBR list instead of taking it right now or even deliver later. Like I'm like, okay, you're not going to read this book right now. You're not interested in this book. You have five nonfiction books ready to go. You don't need to add another one. Just put this on the wish list. Anyway, the big thing you need to know is unless you're doing this is like hundreds of books, which I don't <laughs> think you can because there are library limits, no one's noticing. No one's noticing. There's someone doing it more no. than you. Trust me. There's someone mm -hmm. out there where they've had to call and be like, sir. And it's Bria Grant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ma'am, knock, knock, knock. Where the librarian comes to my house. You have a problem. Uh, I just, no one's noticing. Unless you have like maybe a really small town library. I don't know how big your library is. Maybe like it's a very small town and they are looking. But I don't, they're not really even looking what you're checking out personally. Now, I could see how they would go in and be like, okay, uh, Stephen King's fairy tale, this person's checked this out 10 times, but it may take them 10 times to read it. So I don't think that that is like, you know, if they can probably see that you have checked it out that number of times, but they aren't looking at your holds list specifically. I don't think. Librarians, write in, write in and tell us, but I just can't imagine they're keeping track of you specifically. Most of the time, people don't know what anyone else is doing. Uh, no, librarians but, are very busy. Yeah, what, and people are busy. What do you think, Mallory? Are the librarians like about to knock on, knock, <laughs> <laughs> knock on Kayla's door? Uh, so I want to point out first of all, if you can renew the book at all, it means there, there's no one waiting. Oh for yeah, it. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least on Libby, you know, Libby makes it so fucking easy. But if you uh, like, because this happens to me all the time, it's been happening with. Uh, I have questions for you by Rebecca Mackay. Uh, you. If someone is waiting for it, you can't renew that book and you have to give it up and then they read it and then it comes back to you, you know? So, and if no one's waiting for it, then you don't really have to feel bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I promise that there is not a librarian personally mon mon monitoring your holds. Like, again, they just don't, they don't have time for that. That said, if you're renewing every book you check out multiple times, I agree with Bria. Maybe instead of checking out every book you hear about, you should deliver later, or you can also make a list on Libby. Mm -hmm. You know, you could pick an emoji to tag those books with. You know, you can do a reading glasses one. You can do a stack of books. You can do glasses for the reading glasses logo. And when you look those books up, tag them. And then when you don't have any books, when you realize that your holds list is getting a little skimpy, you can start putting them on hold. But, you know, you don't have to check them out all the time. There are other ways to keep track of those books on Libby without necessarily checking them out. That way, you know, when you're ready to read the next book, you just browse through the, your tags and uh, these are all the books that I was interested on. These are all the books that I was interested in that were mentioned on reading glasses. I'll put three of them on hold and they'll come in soon. You know, I'm just saying this personally because seeing a massive list of library holds in my Libby account gives me anxiety. Oh, it does me too. It's very stressful. I, cause I'm like, especially man, I will never forgive Libby for adding that little like insert number here. People are waiting for this book because <laughs> I'm like, I am a piece of shit. It's, like, <laughs> that's, they put that on there to let you know. No, I know. And it's very effective, but it makes me very stressed out. Um, you know, I love the deliver later thing. I'm always, I try to stagger it to make sure there's not too many at, at one time. But like I've been doing, been doing a lot of travel and I'm about to do a lot of travel. So I have a lot of audiobooks checked out right now. So I got them ready for being on a plane and for doing driving. But even though I am like actively listening to them and I feel like I'm going to get through most of them, Looking at that list is like, oh my God, I got to fucking read all these books right now. These poor people are waiting. So uh, and 
Kayla probably does not have this problem. But again, you don't have to check them all out. You know, there's no. there's other ways to 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 save save them and keep track of them. But again, if you're renewing a book and you can do so, it means that no one's waiting for them. And as an author, all the authors of these books are stoked because that means that you're showing this library that there's a really strong interest in these authors and that they should keep an eye on those authors, maybe buy uh, the same book by or buy the next book by that author, buy more copies of said book, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. So uh, there's authors that are out there listening to this and clicking their tired little heels because they're so, so thrilled. So we are absolving you of any of your book guilt and book anxiety. But just remember, if you do get overwhelmed, there's other ways to to keep track of things. And uh, don't worry, no matter how many books you're renewing, somebody out there doing it more <laughs> so if you have ideas for book tech you want us to test out or you have a book tech problem you want us to solve you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners michelle writes in hi brian mallory i'll get right to the point <laughs> So you know this is going to be gonna strap in, Bria. <laughs> Growing up, we had no books in the house other than the Bible, a cookbook called The New American Cookbook, and three Reader's Digest condensed books. Wow. That said, my mother and I had towering stacks from the library, and when I started wanting books of my own at a very young age, I was encouraged. My brothers didn't love reading like I did, nor did my father. We have grown up, and my youngest brother has a small home inspection business with a partner. He drives all over Maine, sometimes four to five hours, to do his work, and has discovered that he loves the three Andy Weir books, The Martian, Artemis, and Hail Mary on audio. I have sent him Murderbot. I sent him Leviathan Wakes. I sent him Weird Legion. All have been, quote, fine. Fine. Murderbot is not fucking fine. <laughs> Finally, quizzing him closely, I have perhaps discovered a key ingredient. Short chapters is primary and kind of episodic, if you know what I mean. There's a little bit of this and then a flashback to that, then a little bit more, then something breaks and he has to fix it. Then there's a flashback. Any help? Sci-fi is where I'm aiming, but maybe it doesn't matter. Short chapters, episodic, science fiction. I don't know. I'm stumped. What's a big sister to do? Yeah. Bria, what should Michelle do? Okay. I also what, like, what should her brother read? <laughs> I also like books with short chapters. I relate to Michelle's brother, um, but um, uh, I have no idea which ones have short chapters. I can't. I should something I should mark. So I had to do a little bit of a Google, and um, Kurt Vonnegut kept coming up, and I was thinking like Slaughterhouse Five or Cat's Cradle. They would both be great for this. Um, both have science fictional elements, and I imagine listening to his books are just fantastic. Um, mm. I also, uh, I wonder if the way these stories are told, I was thinking a lot about um, Artemis and uh, the Martian, and I wonder if the way they're told is helpful too. Like, okay, you're on Mars. You have one goal. This is the Martian, right? You have one goal. You have to survive. You have to fucking survive Mars. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you, yeah, you go back and forth between the flashbacks, but you always know, survive fucking Mars, you know? So they, in an audiobook form, I can see why that would be helpful because you're like, well, I know what he's got to do here. He's got to survive to the end of the book, right? But with Murderbot, there's a lot of inner monologue, there's story changes, et cetera, even for a short book. So the other thing is these are all hard sci-fi books, which Murderbot, I do not believe is a, I would not call that a hard sci-fi book. So I would think of things that also fall into these categories as well, like maybe more hard sci-fi, think of some more hard sci-fi books with a very specific goal. Um, also was thinking like, a nonfiction book might be good because, again, specific goal, right? Um, yeah. Like, like maybe a Mary Roach or something because it's like Mary Roach's packing on Mars was almost my recommendation. That, I think that's great. That that is a hundred percent what I would say because it's like 
you can kind of, again, check in and out. You kind of, you you can listen, but you know that at the end of the day, she's going to be talking about space shit. You know, like, you know what's yes. happening in this book. Whereas, like, I just think that, uh, uh, I mean, I obviously love Murderbot and, some, and the books you named, but I think that they are, the plots are not... They're linear, but they are not, like, so linear that they're, like, very simple. You can't, like, distill them down to something. So I think it's going to be, like, finding hard sci-fi books with a very simple plot. Maybe trying, like, a nonfiction book like A Mary Roach. I think we're both going to say Packing for Mars. And then the short chapters, I think, is a great thing that you honed in on. Again, AI, how would they do this? So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm saying Cat's Cradle while Kurt Vonnegut, but take these other things into account as well. What do you think, Mallory? Uh, well, first off, before I do my recommendation, I just want to say I love the sisterly reader love. Love that. But I do think that Michelle has to respect her brother's reading tastes. I know it is very painful when the people we love do not love our favorite books. Mm. But it's okay that your brother doesn't love Murderbot or thinks that Murderbot is just fine. And I think maybe part of the pro- like the hard time recommending books here is press- trying to pressure him to love the books that she loves might make it harder Mm. and give it like by just by because michelle's giving him these massive expectations (laughs) for these books you know what i mean like it might make him like them a little bit less because they're not living up to those expectations like if you're like if you give someone a book and you're like this is the best book ever you have to like this and if they don't like it it's gonna you know it's gonna make that the gap between their expectations and their their experience of this book uh pretty big and make them maybe uh like the book even less than they normally would because it's not living up to that like massive massive uh um recommendation that you're giving them so just just a thought um but i do love that she's that the sister is like bending over backwards trying to find the the best possible sci-fi fit for her brother that being said my recommendation is the martian chronicles by ray bradbury because ray bradbury is the king um it is not a novel, but it's a collection of connected short stories. And I think that your brother might be into that if he likes the short chapters and episodic things. You know, he can drive for half an hour, listen to one story, and then get back in the car and drive for drive for an hour and listen to another story. But that's kind of connected, so it'll keep everything sort of meshing together. But at the same time, it's 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 episodic. And I think uh, and it's Ray Bradbury. So it's incredibly written and wonderful. And I tested I've never read this in audio. And the audio, the narrator is amazing. Uh, I mean, there's a few few different narrators, but the one that is on Libro FM and Audible is great. Uh, I, I think this would be a great fit. And uh, and then, again, if you like Ray Bradbury, then you got a big old fucking backlog of yeah, stuff yeah. to to read. I, I think that's really going to help the brother as fi- is like finding an author that he's really into, just like Andy Weir, and going through that backlog. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That old, the old backlist. Um, so mine is The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. And I'm going Cat's Cradle by uh, Kurt Vonnegut. So if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, if you want to help feed Bria's cat, who eats three square meals a day, buy reading glasses totes and shirts and stickers and all kinds of cool stuff over at our void march store it's a link in the show notes there's so much fun stuff in different fabrics different sizes different colors if you like a shirt there's so many different uh, options you can get it in which is fantastic we we love working with void march and uh 
you should at least check it out. Go check the link in the show notes. See if there's anything you like. And if you like us, which I hope you do, if you've gotten all the way to the end of this episode, you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It does not take a lot of time, but it really means a lot to us, not just for our hearts, but also for growing the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.